Good evening and welcome to another edition of Strangers in Their Own Land. All three of the all yeah, yeah, all three of the strangers are here tonight. And uh it's right, like the people are letting people back into stadiums. We're letting everyone back into the podcast. So happy to have Simon and Mike with us tonight. Feel strange. Uh, it is a little strange being this close to each other. We'll have to do a show where we're all in the same room. Well, yeah, away. of course. Yeah, that, that that's inevitable. Yeah, inevitable. Yeah, it would get shirtless fast, but that's just. Ooh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like uh, baseball league. Okay, it's fair. We'll we'll stay. Yeah, shirted. James Corden. I think I heard him on Stern the other day talking about how. He's lost 35 pounds, which resonated with me because I too have lost 35 pounds. Well done. And he's like, and people are like, you're still like a, like a fat piece of shit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I still got a ways to go, my friends. But uh, people yeah. are like, you look great. And I still feel like I look like shit, but whatever. Hey, man. I love podcast about Mike's lo- weight loss. I've lost 20 and I feel <laughs> the awesome, same way. Dude. And I feel the same way, my friend. Yeah. I feel the yeah. same way. Until we're out there at 165, just beckoning it, we'll never be satisfied. But I lost 15, and I think I gained back five or ten because I had to stop running because I'm yeah. old. And- oh, yeah. Where Did my hammy, guys. Did my hammy. Old age is a bitch. Oh, my hammy. So oh, we decided to start. We started to start this podcast, which is how old and fat we are, which is yeah. perfect. Perfect. Um, because you know the play on the field. It's not old and fat. No. There's your transition. I there we you. go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. All right. So uh, let's get in right. So today we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go through the score rundown, some of the games that we've highlighted, and then we'll get into uh, a little bit of the Euros. Uh, we haven't covered the USA-Mexico match, which was <laughs> just unbelievable. So we want to have plenty of time for that because we have fallen in love with the Euros. We love yes. the US-Mexico match. We want to give plenty of time for that. So we'll get through this whole MLS thing in our MLS podcast, <laughs> which is actually really interesting. I, I think we all are kind of in the same spot. Our heads have been turned by the Euros. And international soccer, and it's a little bit hard to get back to MLS these soccer days. Are you guys feeling the same? Well, yeah. yes, very much so. That I've got to pick my, you know, my windows, and you know, yeah. hey, hun, I'm gonna watch some games, and it's got to be, you know, the Euros. And let me ask you, sure. any any attention being paid at all to Copa America? No, right, okay. and and I and I feel bad about that because that's a major tournament, and I'm like, whatever, this Euros, baby. It's, it's, it's on a on a second rate network. It has second rate yeah. coverage, and it's yeah. being played in empty stadiums. It yeah, just, it doesn't. I mean, even compared to MLS, and it's sad because you have some quality soccer being played right there, but it's just it doesn't hold a candle to the Euros or no. or live matches. It's like it's frankly like stepping back in time a, a year. Yeah, so the Prem shut down and then came back, and it was empty stadiums, and you're seeing full crowds whether or not they should be in places like Bucharest and um well yeah I mean let's but, just you know <laughs> but uh are we gonna are we gonna laugh or cry about the French fans who meant to go to Budapest and ended up in Bucharest we're gonna laugh you know why <laughs> because the French have done and, and I know we're gonna do MLS first but it's worth yep. saying this right off the bat the French yep. have done what they've always done they are their own worst enemy they have the deepest squad in the Euros, maybe in the past several Euros, 
I would say maybe not on accomplishment, but on talent with the with the great Spain window. Of, of oh man, Iran. yeah, for sure. And 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 Gabe, for those of you because you can't see us, but we can see Gabe. Mm-hmm. He's just looking like guys. This is supposed to be an MLS podcast. I but promised you a section about the Euros, here's and the you're relevant. derailing it right off the start. Honestly, go ahead, Simon. Sorry, soccer is a year-round sport. I mean, yeah. Now we can actually fill our days watching soccer instead of stupid transfer rumors, and that that deepens the love. And and MLS kind of got us to to Euros, mm-hmm. bridge between the end of the Prem season into Euros, and then it'll be a bridge back. So there's mm-hmm. your silver lining. Yeah, and honestly, this is this podcast is about us trying to relate to MLS. So what we want to be as honest as possible through this because yep. I've had a hard time because I, I do want to support DC United and I haven't really watched many games and they had a nice little run. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody had a nice little run on Miami there for a little bit, but um, yeah, they've had a nice little run in a couple of games. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's really, it's tough for MLS right now yeah. with this kind of attention with soccer yeah. and then all the other sports that are playing baseball Olympics, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very hard for them to keep people's attention, to be honest. So with that, there was a whole bunch of games over the last two weeks. I ran down a bunch of them, but over the weekend, um, Orlando was able to uh, beat Miami again, two to one, a little bit closer this time. Uh, Miami is just having a rough ride. They actually started off well in this game, and then uh, it was all Orlando in the second half, and they were able to pull through. So another loss for Miami as they fall to the bottom of the table. Um, Kansas City with a big win over LAFC. This was uh, a red card in play. Uh, two, it was two to one Kansas City. LAFC was up one nothing at halftime, and then early, probably around the 50th minute, there was a red card, and Kansas City got both goals to uh, get all three points. Um, the red card was legit. I, I, we watched it was the last kind of defending, and they pulled them down. So uh, nothing, nothing to be too hurt about that. But Kansas City wins again, and they stay on top. They're fighting on top of the West with Seattle right now. Um, big yeah, win. Just, before you before you move on to the next game, mm-hmm. the last time. I maybe covered a match in death. I, I covered Kansas City, and I think I told you that I thought Sporting was getting healthy, mm-hmm. that, that they looked dangerous. You called it. Who is a beast, um, and and that uh, they were one of the teams, and we had talked about it early in the season. Teams like Portland, teams like LAFC, uh, teams like Galaxy that were just ravaged by injuries, and once they started getting dudes back they would start to click. And I feel like the, the break that um, MLS sort of took to accommodate the CONCACAF Nations Cup or whatever the hell it was um, may have killed the momentum for some of those teams, but they were just starting to kick on. They weren't, you know, you're, Seattle was playing out of its mind. Um, Red, the Revs, the Orlando City playing great consistently. But, but Kansas City was one of those teams that, that we had talked about that they could get healthy and they could start clicking, they would be a force. And it looks like that's coming true. Yeah, for sure. I think um, if you look at the power rankings for MLS, they are up two positions to fifth in the top 10 teams in the league, you know, at what, seven, three, and two. So what do they always say? The table doesn't lie. They're playing well. And Mike, I would say that they have, one of the top three coaches in the league. And mm-hmm. he is he is integrating vets with DPs, with young players, and it's starting to come seamless. It, there were some growing pains, and, and you could see it in the match that I watched against Austin. Yeah. You could also see a lot of potential there, and, and 
and the summer is is where it gets hot and and your depth especially for your expansion team starts to starts to wear a little bit and these established teams with these established coaches start to find a way and they start to create separation so anyway worth yeah. noting on kc keep an eye out for them Absolutely. Sure. And then uh, Cincinnati got a nice win over Toronto, 2 to nothing. Uh, Luciano Acosta was captain. He's very a hot and cold player. He was very hot in this game and kind of led them to a 2-0 win over Toronto. Toronto, you would think they'd kill it on. I'm watching them. I feel like they're a team like MLS four years ago right now with mm. the kind of the players that they have. Chris Armas, you have to start wondering at this point. He took place from a longtime um, coach, uh, Craig Janney, there. Uh, they're off to a terrible start, and they look really flat. As soon as in this game, as soon as Cincinnati scored that first goal, head started going down. I don't know. I'm just not. I think Toronto. This this might be hot seat starting to get hot here for I think for Chris Armas here. Is this a is this a, a Toronto FC team that may start losing out to Father Time? I feel like some of its better players are starting to age at that point where they're starting to age in, in football in terms of dog years. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. It doesn't seem to be that they've had the the youth influx that or the priority on youth because they were they were built to win for the past several years with guys like Bradley and Altidore, um, and maybe it was definitely not the prayer model that that was deployed at FC Dallas. Um, so maybe maybe yeah. that's starting to come back to them. I think the window's starting to close for this team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another team uh, with their brand new badge, the Chicago Fire. With, with that energy, Ty Drew with uh, Philadelphia Union in a crazy game. This that was, was nuts. Three to three draw, goals, uh, pigs flying. It was, it was, uh, it Galazos, man. Galazos. Absolutely. And Chicago, um, honestly, all season they've played hard. They're at the bottom of the table right mm-hmm. now, but this mm-hmm. team puts in the effort. So, congr- like, congratulations. It was a well deserved draw by Chicago. And- the badge is nice. The badge is nice. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's it's. I mean, they had nowhere to go but up, right? So, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. And Mike, I know you, your Phillies pulling at your heartstrings, so I want you. They to are. And they talk are. about I mean, so that, that, Mr. This Sullivan. kid's seventeen. He's out of the uh, development program out of Wayne, PA, and uh, ooh, what a goal! That's a sexy ass goal. Have you watched it? So yes, I did. It, so okay. if you if you haven't watched it for people listening at home, uh, Quinn Sullivan. Quinn Sullivan. Yep. Yep. Seventeen. Five, yeah, biked his first goal in the yes. at seventeen. Nowhere yeah. to go but down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, yeah. Expectations are way high right now, and likely that it's going to take a while for him to do something as extraordinary as that again. But what a way to mark your now, or you know, announce yourself on the league. Absolutely, and then after that goal too, Corey Burke actually had a really nice volley goal, mm-hmm. uh, a whole lot of pace, and then. Um, basically offer a couple set piece goals uh yeah. chicago was able to kind of get back into it um and then an own goal by the fire yes um, sort of salvage the point for union okay. yeah and i'll tell you what that like so i did get to watch the highlights of that because my buddies were on the on the group chat you know going nuts about how are we dropping points to chicago their shit but you know everyone was sort of was like okay well we got a point out of that we're tired that's like three games in you know a short period of time so, okay, you're going to come away from a trip to Chicago and get a point. So be it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, also, a game that I should have bet on, Salt Lake and Houston, who are very even teams, drew one-to-one. Uh, they're right next to each <laughs> other in the standings. They're very similar teams. 
Mm-hmm. Um, although in this game, Salt Lake had a lot of chances to win this game. They they could not finish. Uh, my drifter goalie for Houston that looks like a drifter on the side of the road played fantastic marriage, had some big saves, <laughs> just shiving people, dead eyes, making saves. My boy marriage. My, I need a marriage Houston Dynamo keeper kit by the end of the season. I, I Is that the him. one you're going to get? We're going to talk about what I'm going to get when I go to Philadelphia in a couple weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. And you just right. told us. What? I, no, I didn't. Ooh. The Sullivan kit, didn't you? No, I'm not going to buy a Sullivan kit just yet. All right. I like it. No. Two weeks. Two weeks. Give him two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> so this week, there was some like kind of surprise results. Uh, one of this was Nashville-Montreal one-to-one. Mm-hmm. I thought Nashville would kind of take care of Montreal. That just didn't happen. Montreal did Montreal things and played defense. And Nashville had to kind of play with the ball a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, not their, thing. not their thing. And you, you could kind of tell. Um, uh, the There's really no center forward in this game for Nashville from what I could see. Um, really didn't do the best with hold-up play. And that's what they needed out of that game if they were going to break down Montreal. But Simon, are you still giving them the benefit of the doubt? Not – not that they're going to somehow turn it around this season, but you're, you're giving them – because you, you were going easy on them earlier in the season. No, I was hard on them, and then I, I watched them play, and I realized they are who they are. Um, they're, they're a <laughs> – they're like a rainy night in Stoke. Um, <laughs> yes. Their, their, their setup is a back five, really a back seven. They look to break on the counter, mm-hmm. try to keep everything in front of them. Um, and for what they try to do, they do it fairly well. We'll talk about Nashville sort of tangentially when I talk about Atlanta versus Red. Okay. All right. Um, but, but a draw seems like the result that they're usually set up to get. And, yeah. and, and Gabe mentioned that they were playing with the ball and they – sort of given the opportunity to take the initiative and it not, may just not be something that they're built for. Um, mm. it, it, I would say if you're charting out where natural is in terms of the, the, the sort of status of the franchise, mm-hmm. they're a second year team. Um, they're, they're creating an identity for better or for worse. And if they can sort of solidify that identity by solidifying that defense, they can add a couple DPs, um, they look to be a team that kind of needs to attack from the wings. Gabe noted that they don't have a, a stand-up center forward that's just a big fuck-off bastard that can score. Not many teams do, um, but they don't. They definitely don't have one. So if they can get a couple dynamic players on in the wings and run the channels and 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 help make that last third of that counterattack go, it could be dangerous next year or the following year. But this year, I think they kind of are what they are, and and, yeah. and their record shows it. Yeah, and I do have to say Montreal's keeper played really well in this game. Uh, James Pantamias, it's uh, actually from Montreal, a homegrown talent for them, had some incredible stops in this game to keep uh, Montreal in it late. Uh, Nashville finally did score in like the 94th minute to tie, but um, some great goaltending there. I definitely wanted to mention his name. Uh, Kind of a shocker result is the next one, 2-2 Seattle and Vancouver. I know, craziness. Dogs and cats living together. Um, but I, I for sure thought Seattle would win this, but uh, Seattle had a beautiful first goal with a combination play, uh, counterattacking Bruin, 
fed it over to Brad Smith, who crossed to Rui Diaz, probably the 400th goal they've scored that way this season. It was a beautiful goal, and you thought it was going to be a route. But Vancouver, kind of a little route one football. Uh, Seattle's back line sleeping a little bit. They beat them down the wing, and they were able to draw one-to-one. And then uh, went up two-to-one uh, with um, – oh, excuse me, in Vancouver – uh, school went up two to one. Uh, Fry wasn't playing this game. The keeper really should have managed his box a little bit more. It was a little passive, and there was a little mix-up on a cross, and Vancouver was able to take the lead. And then at the end, a wonderful strike from one of their uh, uh, defenders, Madrana, uh, at the top of the box, was able to get the, get the draw for Seattle. But, um, yeah, it was kind of surprising. I was really thinking that uh, it's be a walk in the park for Seattle, especially at home, but Vancouver was able to get out with a point, so they got to be happy there. Um, next match, uh, this, this is really easy. LA Galaxy won three to one over San Jose Quakes. Chicharito got a brace. Mm. That's all you nearly need to say. <laughs> San Jose is on some rough, rough form right now. Yeah. Um, you worry about their talent level, to be honest, that team. And uh, LA Galaxy just kind of did the thing. Um, so my game, uh, bringing up is Minnesota and, um, Portland. And uh, speaking of calling it, I said Minnesota was getting out of the bottom. They are currently in fifth in the West and climbing and climbing. Um, they they have uh, they actually got two new transfers, and they have Huno, who is uh, um, from uh, Syria uh, with Ren, um, and then they also got Fragapan, who is from Argent Argentina. He's a winger, um, and they also have, of course they have Reynoso, who is one of the best players in MLS. And those are the three players that scored the first goal within this first six minutes. Basically, Portland came out a little flat. They found a bunch of space to kind of pick them apart. Um, really, the one thing you can tell about uh, you know, is he finds space really well. Like, he drifts into the right areas. Uh, Frankopan had really good pace on the side. Both of them were kind of – they had a little room to play, you could see, and really gave Portland some fits, especially in the beginning. Uh, Minnesota really – felt was off the hop and really giving it to Portland. Then with about 30 minutes in, Minnesota realized, hey, we're up one to nothing. Let's play a little bit more defensively and see if what we can get out of this. Um, it, and then they kind of allowed Portland back into the game, um, which was pretty interesting. Um, Williamson, uh, who um, – uh, Williams, excuse me, who uh, Simon's talked about before, has been mentioned with the U.S. national team. He started to get going. Valeri started to get going. Um, and then their other player, uh, sorry guys, my cat is on my notes. What can you do? <laughs> this is this, if you see me hesitating, my cat is on my notes. It's not a, not a euphemism. It's just an actual fact. <laughs> and Abobasi, um, we're all working with each other, had lots of chances. Steve Clark made some incredible saves. And I, I really thought that Portland was going to get it back to draw, but they just really couldn't. They had a lot of problems in the final third. And I really think this speaks to um, all the injury injury problems that Portland has. They have six potential starters out right now. Um, Blanco came back last week and then had to go right back out in the second half after he kind of tweaked the injury that he had. So he's not quite ready yet. Um, uh, Diego Chara is out. Uh, Larius Mabalos is out. Polo, uh, Polo, who is supposed to be one of their strikers, is out for the season. I mean, this team is just – if when Splanko gets back and they have another player, Yaroslav um, – well, let's see. Yaroslav uh, Nizget. I'm probably saying his last name wrong, but I think it's Nizget. They're two uh, big scorers that they really need because it just – the quality in the final third, they're just like a step off to be able to get this um, – 
game tied, and eventually they couldn't. And it ended up being a one-to-one, uh, or excuse me, one-to-nothing win for Minnesota. So a big win at Portland for Minnesota as they keep climbing up the leaderboards. They play San Jose this weekend as well. So it looked like they definitely have another opportunity to get another points, win. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Portland, they're very up and down. If they can, I think if Portland can stay in like seventh, eighth come August, hopefully their team's healthy by then and they can really make a run. I think that's mm-hmm. really what they need to do as they just try to do damage control um, and uh, do the best they can to kind of salvage the season. So uh, a loss for Portland, but they were in it and they, they definitely had a chance to draw at least. Um, I, I thought a draw wouldn't be completely unfair for Portland with their 30, between like about 30 minutes worth of really great play. Minnesota kind of came back in the second half to kind of see the game through. So, uh, but yeah. And the, the transfers they brought in to help Reynoso out is really paying dividends for Minnesota. And I, I they'll be messing around in the top three, four, by all said and done, for sure, with the okay. quality that they have. All right. Let's see what we got next here. And then we'll kick this over to Simon, who covered Atlanta versus the Red Bulls. Thank you, Gabe. On paper, um, at least historically, you would think that this would be a good match. Um, it ended up being a pretty stale nil-nil draw at the Mercedes-Benz. Between the two teams, uh, they managed seven total shots on target. Um, the shots that they did take were quality shots and resulted in quality saves. Um, but there were seven total shots and there were six yellow cards given out. So that tells you pretty much all you need to know about the match. Um, Atlanta United are now the co-kings of the draw. They have uh, tied Nashville with six draws overall. Um, why MLS list these in their table as ties and not draws irks the holy fuck out of me. It's a draw, folks. It's not a tie. Um, sure. United sits 10th uh, in the East with 12 points, but they're only three spots and one point uh, from the playoff drop. Uh, the current team on the right side of that line is the Red Bulls, uh, or Red Bull, sorry. Uh, Red Bull fans, uh, they sit in seventh with 13 points. Um, this was a weird game. Um, the best chances for Red Bulls came, uh, best two chances. The first one came in the 39th minute. Atlanta United completely misplayed a ball in its own area. It was a lazy back pass to Brad Guzan. It didn't get all the way. Red Bulls kind of pinged it around, uh, and they had a point-blank look. Um, Guzan came up with a strong save, strong hand to save um, that cleared the ball off the line. Um, uh, one of the things that you notice immediately is that Brad Guzan may not be inter- international class anymore, but the guy still has it. Um, and many of the aforementioned Atlanta United draws um, they've achieved are down to Guzan standing tall and keeping them in the match. Um, the second best chance for Red Bulls was a in the 68th minute, Kyle Duncan uh, took a nice bit of play from Red Bulls on the left side of Guzan's goal and had a rip, but Guzan literally stood tall and hit him right in the chest, um, and he did a really good job controlling goal. United controlled possession and worked the ball from the wings and into the box several times. They just couldn't come up with a combination that was enabled, able to get them a point. It's, it's notable the way Atlanta is playing offense these days because in the Tata years – when Atlanta was in its glory, um, they were playing through the middle. They were playing down the channels. 
They had some really quality playmakers, and now they're relying on their wing play. At least they did in this match, and they have for most of the season. Brooks Leonard, U.S. international, spent some time uh, between stints at Liverpool, uh, between his, his stints at Salt Lake City. Atlanta acquired him a couple of years ago, did so well. They signed him to extension two years ago. Was a terror for United uh, on the right side. He is a right back and a right winger. They had deployed him as a winger in this match. And he just ran up and down the field, delivered some dimes into the boxes, but his strikers let him down. Um, United, from uh, Lennon was, a, was the man of the match for me. Um, interesting that he has made several appearances for the United States under 17s, under 19s, and under 21s. Hasn't been able to crack the senior team yet, uh, only 23. But for, for Lennon, the complication is that who plays in that position that is on the men's senior team. You have Serginio Dest and you have Tyler Adams. Now Tyler Adams can go to defensive center midfielder when Dest is at the right wing or right back. But uh, Lennon definitely showed a lot in this match and I would keep an eye on him for the national team in the future. He, he can break in. Atlanta's best chance came in the, well, one of their best chances came in the 70th minute when surprise, surprise, they worked in the cross from the left, across the goal mouth, a couple of nice touches and right onto the foot of the aforementioned Brooks Lennon, um, but a great save by the uh, Red Bulls goalie. They had a couple other chances United did near the end, but they just couldn't convert. Um, they hit the post in the 89th minute, uh, a header from Miles Robinson off a beautiful corner from that guy, Brooks Lennon. Uh, Robinson has yet to score an MLS goal. He was this close. He hit the post. Um, Atlanta had a couple other rips, but they couldn't put it in. They were unlucky not to win this game, guys. Um, they had the vast amount of possession. Red Bulls didn't really muster much of an attack. So, um, again, we're, we're talking about the lower half of the playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Both these teams are in contention. Atlanta, uh, I blame Frank DeBoer, frankly, and we can talk about <laughs> That's Frank fair. DeBoer and, and then <laughs> how deploying a fucking back five when it was the Netherlands that invented the 4-3-3. Um, but, but Atlanta just hasn't looked right for a couple of years. You thought that they were starting to find their form a little bit, go back to their roots. And I think they're trying to do that, but I think Joseph Martinez is hurt and they just, they look a shadow of themselves. So we'll see, um, what's to come from both these teams. Yeah. It, it seems like, I think he's hurt and Nyman's both hurt for Atlanta too. So definitely dealing with some injuries. Um, Another game that was – this was a crazy one, kind of a heartbreaker for D.C. United fans. Uh, they lost 2-1 to one to New York City FC uh, in the 80, 83rd minute. Um, basically, D.C. United scored with about 11 minutes in. Uh, Roberto, their young winger, got the, got his first goal of the season. A really nice long ball by Nyman, a homegrown talent by D.C. United, kind of beating their back line. So D.C. United went up one to nothing. Uh, and then all the way the 83rd minute flash forward, uh, DC United had some other opportunities they could have probably finished uh, to to kind of put the game away. But uh, Park scored to tie the game at one to one in the 83rd minute. And then in the 90, say the 93rd minute, DC United has a cross. They put everybody in the box. Um, they make the, the NYFC makes the save, throws the ball out to uh, Tiago. Uh, he's just in all alone. Goal, DC United loses all the points in the 95th minute, and uh, they, they 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 had three points, they had one point, and then they get no points. So that was a real tough one for DC United. 
in that match where they they should have at least gotten a draw out of that. But I mean, you, you got hopefully a young team learns from that. Um, Austin and Columbus drew zero zero. Uh, Austin was able to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, Simon, you have any thoughts on that one? I watched a lot of that match. Um, what I can say about the match was that both teams were pretty good between the D's. Just no no um, finishing edge, no no sharp yeah. sharp edges to to, gotcha. to to finish it off. Um, great crowd at the yeah. Q2. That new stadium is gorgeous in Austin. It's packed. Um, again, in COVID times, I'm not sure that that's a good thing, but um, uh, I'm fairly proud of the dad joke that I made uh, when I saw someone post about attending the Q2 stadium. I said, what happens on July 1st? Does it become the Q3 stadium? Oh, yeah. So I'm not even a father in that one. Yeah. Wow. You should be with that one. Um, I know. <laughs> um, but but we're talking, uh, since we're bringing up the crew, would be would now be the appropriate time to talk about their plan for goal celebrations? Yes, please do. Have you heard about this, guys? No, no, no. So the plan for goal celebrations at, you know, uh, for the crew is to honor the old badge with the, you know, men with construction helmets and such. And after every goal, uh, a member of the crowd, a fan that will have, I'm assuming will have been picked and vetted beforehand, uh, will be allowed to take a jackhammer to a slab of concrete. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't pull the 76-year-old uh, season ticket holder that's been there yeah <laughs> that would be bad I, I i no word on how those two you know fans will be selected but yeah i mean i it's, can't wait to see that i mean so you know, obviously a- they're inspired by uh what portland's doing with the um you know with the chainsaw etc yeah so we're gonna have to see how that works out wow. i did see a funny comment to that announcement which was that uh red bulls uh should uh arrange to have a bartender uh, make a red, you know, a vodka and, and Red Bull after each oh, goal. That would be nice. That's, yeah, just uh, that's staring with a shaker, you know. <laughs> and what, what, what else says New Jersey than a Red Bull and vodka? I feel like that's apropos. I think that they need to do that. Uh, right fake away. tan? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. a spray on tan. That's spray your goal. Yeah. yeah. Each goal, everybody gets a spray on tan. They just, yeah, they spray you in the supporter yeah. section. I love that. Um, somebody, somebody, I mean, you have, it's, it's all ready made, guys. You you have you have the cocktails, you got the fake tan, you got the chains, and you have somebody to drink those cocktails. You can't make those yes. cocktails and go to waste, right? No, 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 no. Red yeah, Bulls, just I pay mean, us for all these for this. What's, this is what you do. What's Polly and, and, and Snooky? what are they doing? Nothing. Sure, exactly. fuck all. Yeah, they're available. Yeah. 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 Um, I know Red Bull. I know it's Red Bull New York, but maybe they should lean into this whole Jersey thing. They, they should. In New Jersey. Yeah. Lean yeah. in, baby. Yeah. Just lean in. New Jersey would love it. New, Year- New Jersey is an amazing soccer state for America as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the pedigree John, that's come out of New oh Jersey is fantastic. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harks, yep. yep. All right. And then let's finish off the scores. Uh, this was actually pretty interesting. Dallas won two to one against new england which was kind of a shock result although i did I say in the, in the po- yeah i did say in the podcast that for some reason new zealand or new zealand new england hadn't won there since like 2017 something weird it was another like, one that you if you would if you were a betting man I, yep i could have won yep. some money there um basically from uh just kind of a back and forth game and uh dallas got the first goal got themselves in it new england tied it with a bow goal 
Um, and then Dallas was able to go ahead there in the second half and uh, take home another victory over I New have, England. I have no love for New England, you know, just being a Yankee fan, hating Boston, of course, hating Tom Brady. I got the same stupid name, New England. No. So the fact that they've been top of the league, uh, or at least top of the Eastern Conference, is is a disturbing fact to me. And absolutely. absolutely. The fact and that they go what? into Dallas and – Dallas smacks him around a little bit. I loved it. And, and I don't even like Dallas. And I, I see Simon with his Texas Longhorns. I'm a little bad at New England because I want them like with uh, uh, Carlos Yale and their players. I want them to be like, all right, we need a team in the East to kind of play with the Seattles. And I thought they could be it. And okay. after this game, I'm like, eh, does, no. does this team might fall back a little bit? Yeah, no. It could be. It could be happening. So let's get into uh, games for next week so we can get into those Euros. Some games to watch. Sure. Uh, we got Columbus versus New England, Orlando versus uh, said uh, Jersey Red Bulls. We have Nashville versus Philly, uh, Houston versus Cincinnati. I'm kind of interested if Cincinnati can get going okay. here a little bit. Okay. Salt Lake versus LAFC, uh, Colorado versus Seattle, uh, and LA Galaxy versus Kansas City. Mm. So I, these are some good ones that I kind of picked out there. Anything uh, jump out to anybody? Simon, do you dare watch Red Bull two weeks in a row? I know you have a soft spot no. for Orlando. No, no, I watch Orlando another time. Um, I kind of like, uh, I kind of want to do a compare and contrast with the Sporting KC team that I watched about a month and a half ago. To what oh yeah, with Galaxy. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do LAF. Uh, you say LA Galaxy versus Sporting? Yep. Yep. That's on a that's ten thirty Eastern on the fourth of July. So right after the fireworks, you'll still be up. Oh, you know it. All right, <laughs> my country it is. Yeah. All right, Mike, do you have any preferences? Uh, so Union. Okay, what's up? Union. Well, no, I can't watch Union every week, guys. Right, <laughs> and I'm gonna be watching. Like I said, I'm gonna be going to. Uh, Philly to see them play DC in a couple weekends. So that's on the 18th, 17th, something like that. So that'll be the, the match that I watch. That'll be my homework match. Um, so, all right, so maybe I'll watch uh, crew in new England, just cause I said bad things about new England. Yep. That's perfect. Both team will need a win. They both are coming off kind yep. of disappointing results. I am going to really change it up and I'm going to watch. I think I'm doing Houston, Cincinnati. Ooh. Because I want you just like that stadium in Cincinnati. Yeah, I do. And I just okay. feel like going there, eating, rolling the dice, eating some skyline chili. And <laughs> no, it's just uh, Houston. I, I saw earlier in the season, and uh-huh. I remember my Fafa Pico and my Drifter goalkeeper. I just kind of want to check in and see how they're doing. Okay. And I also want to see a full match with Cincinnati because the highlights that I've seen, the clips that I've seen, um, they look like a pretty fun team going forward. Their back line looks like a disaster. And after a win, I want to kind of see if they're kind of figuring it out or not. So, it's good. so you know who's on their back line, right? Oh, uh, yes. One, Jeff Cameron. Jeff, hmm. yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, from uh, whatever championship side he was playing for. PR or I can't remember. Let me ask this, since not knowing, uh, is there a similar term for the OG teams, much like in the NHL, you have the original six? Just no. I don't think no. there is. I think it's just kind of OG teams. We should make okay. one. We should yes. make. come up with one. Yeah. How many are the original? The OG dozen? We're, 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 and what was the year? Is it 95? 
Yeah, so it, let's see. they're the 95ers. Done. Oh, a couple. Oh, I like All it. right, so I guess I'm, I'm I've got a couple of 95ers, right? With mm-hmm. uh Crew and and uh, Revolution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did well, I make be confused up? with a with an I95 rivalry between Philly and DC, for example? No, no, no. You see, we, see that's why I'm already too much, too much. Yeah, I'm dismantling your 95. Do less. Do less. Yeah. In Italian, topo. Too much. <laughs> Oh, 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 before we get into the Euro, before well, this may be a good segue. So Mike and I were talking, Gabe, about Italian hand gestures. Yes. And I was I was searching frantically when I texted you boys about anybody having an extra Italia shirt. And I saw the best t-shirt I've ever seen in my life. It is it is an Italian flag on in a circle print on a black t-shirt. Yeah. And in the middle of that flag is a hand going like this. <laughs> Nobody can see you. You gotta, you gotta describe it, Simon. It, it's, it's the Italian. You, you put your, your four fingers and your thumb together, and you make kind of like a, a teepee. Yeah. You, like you're about to throw a dart. Yeah. Hey, hey. Uh, it, it's beautiful. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of the most universally understood hand gestures. You know, you have the bird, and then you have mm-hmm. your, your universal football. What the fuck? Hands out raised, and then the Italians just take it to a new level. It's beautiful. See, so, 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 what does that mean? I mean, it could mean anything. It's like fuck. Yeah. It absolutely. Oh, this is. The, I, I'm totally being. You know, this is uh, a. Uh, I know the answer to that question, right? So this is. It, it's um, like, why aren't you understanding this? Yeah. Um, my mom. Yeah. My mom. My mother's side is Italian. What's so the matter with my aunt? Yeah, aunt yeah. just go like you want to squeeze the yeah. person because they don't. Yeah. Understand like you idiot. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, not to be confused with the. The, the 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 praying with the hands pointing up as in like what are you talking come on but i've seen it also be used i had a roommate who That's would be like That's but he would also be like you know if if he thought you were full of shit he would do the come on mike you know and he would do the whole like hands praying to god situation so you got to love the uh, the italian hand gestures so this is a perfect segue let's let's get right after it guys um what has turned our heads is uh, do we want to mention the USA Mexico match first? Let's since do we it. Are in okay, all right, yeah. we got it. We got to touch on it. There, some time has passed during the match. Yes. Still get the tinglys thinking about it. Um, the U.S. started off disaster city. Mexico scored in the first two minutes. The the partisan Mexican crowd in Denver, Colorado, oh, yes, went fucking ape shit. Um, and then the U.S. just found its footing. And every time Mexico would swing, they swung back. 1-1, one, 2-1, one, mm-hmm. 3-2, 3-3, went to extra time. And then the just the finish was spectacular. From Pulisic, this will yeah. be This will be a – this is – we've been talking about the next generation of U.S. player for, for years, frankly. You know, who was going to pick up the mantle from the Donovans and the Dempseys and the Altadors and DeMarcus Beasley's and those kind of guys. What we saw in Denver a couple of weeks ago was a team that was not afraid of Mexico. Yep. It was majority European-based players, yep. Pulisic, McKennie, Adams. Dex. In a hostile environment, despite it being in, uh, you know, on U.S. soil. U.S. soil, right. And they were playing a, a Mexican team that wasn't fully loaded, but was certainly motivated. Um, and they did not back down. Technically, in a lot of ways, the U.S., especially the midfield, bossed. Boss that match, yeah. They yeah. bossed the game. Um, the back line was, was 
alternatingly solid and shaky. Best couldn't find his way. I, I tell you guys, Pulisic gets all the credit, and and he deserved it. But my yeah. end of the match was Weston McKinney. That Me too. Was, Absolutely. He played out of his mind, and he was taking no bullshit. I, I told, I think I told both of you when it was happening. He was like uh, Dempsey in his prime, but much better and less of a dick. He was just not taking any bullshit for anybody. He was mean mugging Mexican players. He was pulling guys oh. off guys. Dude, and he's he dropping it. Expelliamos and Expecto Patronum and uh, see yeah. your favorite Harry Potter spell. He's dropping those all over the pitch. Do you ever see his uh, goal celebrations? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Syria is so good for him. I'm just like watching because like in Italy, lots of dark arts, but they do it very casually. Like it's like, oh, I broke your ankle. Just relax. It's fine. Well, I'm sorry. Lucky yeah. for him, he took defense against the dark arts. He did. And I was watching Weston McKinney, like after Mexico pulling stuff, grabbing people in places that you don't want to mention, or I could, uh, but Matt McKinney rolling his eyes, never, never like, <laughs> never rattled, just kind of laughing it all off, which was beautiful. It, it, that's what, that's what they do in Syria. You go to the I'm there. laughing because Simon was making the hand gestures again. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was just, it was that experience. I just, McKinney was so in control of that with all the craziest beer bottles flying, mm-hmm. all the craziness with that game for him to be as composed as he was. I think it rubbed off on the other players. As well. I think so too. I, it really, I really do. Absolutely. Let me just say two things. And then the, 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 the playing in Italy and sort of rounding out your game and dark arts applies to one guy in particular playing in the Euros that I think is carrying his team. And that's Lukaku. Um, but let me just say this. Let me put the capper on us Mexico. Okay. When the United States scored and won. There was beer and shit thrown at us. Oh, yeah. yeah, they might've brought it on one unacceptable. Two, Mexico got what was coming to them because FIFA um, or or uh, CONCACAF, I can't okay. remember, is now making them play in front of empty stadiums in Mexico because their yes. fans persist in using a homophonic chant. Yep. But th- on a base level, those beers are not cheap. Those are no. those are like fifteen dollar Denver Bronco sized beers. Yeah. And people are throwing full beers. Like, come on. At least chug half of it. Throw your hat or chug half of the beer and throw it. Like you're not Mexico had what they deserved. And this is, this is a Mexican American saying it. Let's move on to the Euros. Um, (laughs) We're kind of, we're kind of too far to, to talk about um, the group stages. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though there are, there are flame outs that should be mentioned. Um, Portugal. Um, Yeah. But fuck Cristiano Ronaldo. I hate him so much. And yeah. it makes me so happy that he's not advancing. Well, so so, so Portugal had. Just so you know, Mike is sponsored by Coca Cola, so he. <laughs> has, uh, <laughs> well, I got a lot of stock in Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, let's talk. Let's, I mean, Mike. Let's and Gabe. Let's talk about what we saw in the first knockout round. Mm-hmm. We okay. saw we saw um, a, a Spanish team at the end of their group, and then in, in their match against Croatia, unbelievable. That decided defense is overrated. Um, Unbelievable. We're just going to score goals for fun. And when yeah. you think about, and Gabe, I don't need to tell you about Alvaro Morata. When you think about the guys who Spain has up front, they have some really guy, great guys pulling the strings. Uh, what's his the name? Finishing. Kobe? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, um, Ferran Torres is fantastic. 
the, the Spanish back line has been shaky as fuck, even though the best player is a guy close to Gabe's heart is uh, Cesar Azpilicueta. Uh, Dave. What, Dave? What, what, what's compelling about Spain, especially now that France is out and Germany is out, is a lot of their traditional boogeymen are gone. Yes. And so, and so I'm not, I don't remember who they have in the round of eight, but Spain is starting to find its footing offensively. England put on a, a display today, all credit to Southgate. He decided to, to ditch his preferred uh, setup and go to a back three with wing backs to counter what Germany was doing, and it worked to perfection. Um, England was the better. Yes. Germany had a great start. Um, the, you Chelsea players, your German Chelsea players can't hit the mark, um, but, but, but England deserved to win that game. They did. Absolutely. Yeah. They did. I, I agree. My boy Saka pulling the strings uh, and the just last two matches. And Spain plays Switzerland. Our boy. Oh, okay. So let's talk about Switzerland. First, let's give all credit to Switzerland and our boy, soon to be not our boy, Granit Xhaka. They went toe-to-toe with a France team that may be one of yes, the they did. deepest teams I've seen in years. But France did what France does. Those guys are their own worst enemies. In that oh, yeah. They self-destructed. They, they, they did it after they won in 98. They did it again a couple of years ago. In South um, Africa, right? Wasn't it? South like Africa, whole, right. Over... All this personal petty bullshit. You have Kingsley Coman, great player, shouting at Deschamps for not playing him. Um, you have you have Rabio's mom fighting with Pogba's family, and then somebody else got involved. <laughs> the French just they just don't uh... they don't know how to enjoy success. They they were legitimately set up for to destroy. They I were mean, set up on. for Spain. Uh, 2008 to 2012 mm-hmm. they could have easily won the world cup the euros and then the next world cup and instead they flame out in the round of 16 first time that they've gotten to the round of 16 and not advanced not advanced yeah but but switzerland all credit to them um i didn't honestly get to see a lot of the sweden um ukraine game that was a fun match yeah 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 i got to you know it's it's tough when these games are on during the day during a work day, uh, but when you have a when you have a conference call that you can dial into, and um, maybe you're not uh, participating as much as so, you know, you have the conference calls that you're leading, and then you have the conference calls that you're a participant, and then you have the ones that you're really just sort of observing, and so you know, and that can change over the course of an hour meeting. But I did get to see a couple of great chances for both Sweden and Ukraine just go begging off the post, and it was just one after another, and it was a fun few minutes to watch. So, um, so, so let's, so yeah. let's, talk, let's talk to, I mean, we, we talk about the Netherlands flaming out and, and I'm not surprised <laughs> they're chronic underachievers and anything yeah. that Frank DeBoer touches is total shit. Except for that ball to Burkamp. Well, you know, okay. But, okay. but full credit to the Czech Republic. Italy had itself a little bit of a struggle, but in the end it's depth. Well, group stage, they steamrolled everybody. Mm. They did, which is yeah. why you expected them to fucking uh, boat race Austria. And didn't have I sure did. I, I I did too. I didn't like I didn't like Locatelli. Not they put Verratti in instead of mm-hmm. Locatelli. And Locatelli, I love Verratti. Verratti is one of my favorite players, but he's not as direct as Locatelli is. Right. And lo- and that's what you needed in that game against Austria. And so... as soon as Locatelli came in, Italy started to push, and they eventually got their goal but all right uh, so let's 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 talk about friday right so friday the second coming up here we've got the swiss and the spanish Mm -hmm. and i mean 
you you got to think that Spain's got that game, but Switzerland just did what they did against France. Can they pull it out of the? Can they do that twice in succession? Spain, Spain's backline scares me though. They yeah. will let That's in some true. goals. That's and true. Switzerland's not going to give up five. I will tell you guys this. I think this will be the highest scoring match of, of the round. Oh, and it'll end in a shootout, and Spain will advance. Okay, yeah. you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So the, for me, the marquee matchup um, of, of the, the group of eight is, is the second match on Friday. It's Belgium-Italy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think on paper, Belgium has, now that France is out, um, has w- w- maybe just be head of the English, surprisingly, the best the best team. Italy's team is, is really, really good. They play really well together. They have a lot of guys that are really good, but not a lot of guys that are really known because most of them play in Syria. Yeah. Um, but I think that this match has the – potential to be the best match but i think it's going to be the tightest match italy doesn't give up a lot of goals they finally started scoring goals belgium's back line is pretty good mm-hmm. um it, but the, the key for belgium will be if if hazard and uh, de bruyne are ready if they're not playing um it's going to be lukaku by himself you got Dries mertens good player the other hazard good player you've got tienemans good player but they won't be able to keep up with italy and, and italy's midfield mm-hmm. will do to belgium what Austria's midfield did to Italy. They will control. They will. They will. Mm-hmm. They will squeeze the shit out of Belgium. Did, and I can see Italy winning that game if those two players don't play. Well, and then for Italy as well, uh, they need Bonucci and Cellini in the back as well because Cellini was out of that game against Austria, uh-huh. and it, it mm-hmm. showed because there uh, Bonucci took a bad angle, he, which he doesn't do often. I love Italian defenders, and it <laughs> probably too much. But, Let me tell you something that scares me, Gabe. What's up? Not seeing. Buffon back there for Italy. And yeah, it was odd. Donnarumma yeah. just got himself a big old move to PSG because Kaylor Navas ain't good enough, apparently. And I just <laughs> don't trust Donnarumma. I just yeah. Yeah. don't. I mean, eventually you have to give it to somebody else. <laughs> like the, the man is right. old. Yeah, but he, come he on. deserves his rest. And, and, and Donnarumma... I mean, this is this is where you cut your teeth, right? If Italy yeah. wants to win a World Cup again, they need him to be the man. Mm-hmm. So, sure. the man. So, so I, this um, is this is putting them in a good place for. Uh, you're the resident. It's really, Italian. only next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Next year, Gabe, you're the resident Italian. Give us a pick. Oh well, I am very, very lopsided in this. I want to say, I want to say two one Italy. Mm-hmm. I think we'll. I think we'll get an early goal. Um, I I think we'll be able to get on top of Belgium. This team has a really nice spirit and they're not going to come out flat. Um, I feel if Bonucci and Cellini are both in the game, 2-1. If they're not, 1-1 into penalties. I love it. Um, So let's move to Saturday. So Saturday, Mike, the the early game, Czech Republic and Denmark. I don't think there's any doubt that Denmark is everybody's sentimental favorite. Absolutely. Yes. The Czechs are very, very solid. I think Denmark is going to come out. I would agree that Denmark pips this one. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I don't, maybe two to one, mm, three, two. Yeah. I, I think it's three, one Denmark. Three, one. Okay. My All second right. sport is hockey. Yeah. So Yarmir Yager comes out with the subs in for the Czech Republic. <laughs> in the 90th minute, bangs the glorious in, mullet. Bangs in the goal with mullet, flow, mullet, uh, mullet flowing. Oh I haven't I haven't watched the Czech Republic play yet, so I just all I want is Yager. But continue. Uh, and right, then, so then, of course, the big one for for a lot of people, um, 
Ukraine versus England. On paper, this should be in English. It should be. Wow. It should be. It's in Rome, right? Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. We, I'm going another maybe two nil. So here, I think that's a solid. That's a solid yeah. pick, Mike. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think England takes that. Yeah. I do too. I think England makes it to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So England hasn't conceded in this tournament, have they? Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't oh, Scotland score, or was that a nil-nil? No, no, it was a nil-nil. Nil. You're right. Yeah. Oh my Scots! That was one of my disappointments. That I, was. Uh, I love, I love the Scottish team. Yeah. They just best have best it. team they've had in many years. The most prem players they've had in many years, and they couldn't get it done. So I love, I love me my Billy Gilmore. Well, COVID Mary. Kieran oh. Tierney. <laughs> Kieran Tierney. Yeah. For sure. So are we looking at, and I haven't looked at the draw, are we looking at a, a Spain, a, a potentially Spain, Belgium, or Italy semi on one end? And uh, I believe that's how it works. Yes. Yeah. So England probably has the, the, the easiest. The easier path. of the two paths to get to yeah. the uh, final. To the final. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. That's why every English person I know is freaking out and losing their voice over it's coming home yeah well yeah. let's see it's gonna so be it's coming we can talk at length about the the uh final four matchup next next week yeah um but no more. just for the record before we go your winners um spain italy denmark and england we'll see if we're right mark it Market, market zero, dude. All right, guys. Well, that line. that does it for our show. Uh, and uh, we did it, guys. We updated the MLS. We hit the Euros. We mentioned the U.S. men's national team. We are back, and we'll be back next week to cover all things MLS and all things Euro. We Mr. definitely God. need to save some time to talk about who's what. What what name is Mike getting on the back of his Union? Oh, well, not. Well, I think you say Union, and you think FC Union Berlin. No, it's are Union. You- are you doing a, a, like a bait and switch on? Are you going keeper Andre Blake? No, 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 no. And it's definitely the home shirt. What's that? You're going to tell us or are you going to make us wait? I don't know. We're going to have this conversation. You're going to help me decide. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, Bilko. I'm, I'm torn. I mean, I want Prisbo, maybe. Score. You want Bilko. Yeah, I mean, I want maybe Santos because of the fish reference. I don't Does know. Does Dax still play for them? I'm sorry? Dax McCarty still playing for them? No. No. Okay, well then not him. Yeah. He, he plays for Nashville, your beloved Nashville. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. On. I'm just really proud that I know that now. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to hell in two cities. Gentlemen, a pleasure. Good night. All right, guys. Well, thank you for uh, listening to another lovely edition of our podcast. We'll be back next week. We're getting back on back in form and uh, have a great week, guys. Enjoy all of the fucking footy. We love you. Have a great night and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Uh